Peace and blessings to you this day, friends. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Spirit of God, we long to be open to your presence in our church and in our lives. Fill us with your wind and fire that we, may, that we might be enlivened again. Help us hear the words as if for the first time, that they might touch us anew. Give us visions and dreams of what you long for in your creation, that we might begin to live them into reality. Come, Spirit, come into our worship, into our church, into our very selves. Amen. That's a prayer from Nancy C. Townley out of Ministry Matters. Friends, our call to worship as Gene gets that up on the screen. It will be on the screen, and you will respond to the words in bold, and I will also lift up my arms when it's time for you to respond. Lord, our hearts are on fire this day. Set the blazes of hope that burn away fear. Lord, we come here to be empowered to serve you. Cause the winds of change to blow away doubt and alienation. Praise to God who has brought to us the Holy Spirit. Let us worship and rejoice, for God is challenging and empowering us this day. Amen. Well, friends, today is Pentecost Sunday, and it's a day that many consider to be among the most holiest days on our church calendar. In fact, many place it right up there with Christmas and Easter, I believe, rightfully so. It's a high and holy day that um, is often considered the birthday of the church. It's signified by the passing of the mantle from the incarnate Jesus Christ to the Holy Spirit. It is the reminder of the God within us, our teacher, our sustainer, and the one who strengthens us. And typically our sanctuaries would be decorated in red and there would be visual elements invoking us to remember Pentecost Sunday. And friends, perhaps we would open up the windows, we would turn up the fans to simulate the wind of the Holy Spirit, and we would light some candles to envision the flame of the Spirit. Now, friends, the best I can do this morning is light this candle that I have here on my fireplace. We have, we have lit that to be our reminder here in our place of worship. And then we have our little fan here that is, is blowing in all its might to signify the wind right here in our place of worship. So make no mistake about it, friends, although we're not in our sanctuaries, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is alive and it's with us, friends. And Pentecost Sunday is a celebration for all that God has done and all that God continues to do in the lives of our church. And friends, this Pentecost Sunday, let us be thankful for all God has done. We have a rich history full of wonderful memories, many wonderful memories. And we are patiently waiting for the right timing so we can get back into our churches and create new memories. Although I, I believe that we've created memories in this season as well. But hold on just a little longer, friends. Hold on as we continue to embrace one of the general rules of the Methodist Church, and that is to do no harm, my friends. We do no harm by continuing our worship online, and our work continues as God continues to be revealed in this season. God continues to sustain us, to bless us, and strengthen us in this season, and God continues to walk with us, friends. Hold on. We have undoubtedly needed extra grace and strength during this season 
friends, I'm sure about that. Because sheltering place for many is against our very nature. And perhaps uh, for some of us, including myself, uh, it makes us a little bit grumpy. But day by day, by the grace of God, we're making it, friends, one day at a time. And on this day, on this Pentecost Sunday, we are gathered together in unison and worship. We've endured another week of trial, and we gather to celebrate. And friends, if Pentecost Sunday is a day to celebrate the birth of the church, perhaps we can add an additional celebration this Sunday. It could be the day that we celebrate the birth of our digital ministry. It has been birthed in this season. The Spirit of God has not been silenced, friends. The Word continues to get out. And this Sunday, I say glory to God in the highest. And friends, I have some wonderful, wonderful news. I mentioned a week or two ago to please be in prayer about the grants that we've applied for, uh, for both churches. And I'm happy to say that as of Friday afternoon, I received an email stating that both Scipio United Methodist Church and Ruder Chapel United Methodist Church have been approved by the Centers for Congregations for the Connect to Tech grants. And both churches have been awarded just short of $5,000. So all glory and praise be to God, friends. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, what a blessing that we are thankful for. God continues to break through in this season of friends. God is good all of the time. And I'm thankful for these, for these grants because they will ensure that we can continue to reach those outside of our church walls for many years to come. Glory be to God. Now, friends, if you'll allow me um, to give you a personal uh, couple of praises in my life. Uh, the first is that second year of seminary is now complete. I'm so happy about that. I also think, where has this time gone? Uh, in just a week or two, I'll be starting my summer classes and then right into my third year. And I just want to sincerely thank everyone listening. In both the churches that I pastor, I want to thank you for your support uh, all of your love and support. Uh, being a student pastor is difficult on congregations, or having a student pastor, I should say, is difficult because a lot of time does have to be devoted to studies. And I'm just so thankful for your support. I've been able to give school all that I have, and I have endeavored to give all that I have in ministry. So I just thank you for that support. The second piece is, is I got notification this week that uh, I've been given permission to start my process to seek a provisional uh, elder status in the United Methodist Church. Now, friends, that's a long process. It's going to take the majority of the year, but I have been passed on by the district committee, and I'm so thankful again for all your support, and I'm thankful to God. So I've had a really good week personally on, on one note, but on another note, my heart is heavy, friends, so if you'll allow me to switch gears just for a moment and, and speak about some serious things. So friends, just a few moments ago in my opening comments, I talked about one of the United Methodist Church's general rules, which is to do no harm. And I would be mistaken not to address some of the atrocities that have happened in our country uh, over the past weeks and months, because what I've seen cannot go unspoken. I can't claim to be the love your neighbor pastor and remain silent as if nothing is going on to God's people. And friends, there's a lot of harm that's taking place in our country. These past weeks have seen a lot of sorrow and grief and loss of life. The tragic and senseless death of George Floyd is but one of the tragedies perpetrated upon God's people. And I say that word very intentionally, those words, all of God's people. We have seen violence, 
perpetrated all across this country and world to people of all ethnicities. And I just today say it's not right and we have to speak out against it. And I also continue to mourn for all those suffering from the coronavirus. Let's not forget that as well. So my heart is heavy this week, friends. And unfortunately, in terms of the tragedies, they are becoming less frequent. Seems like they're becoming more frequent. And my heart is heavy and our country is hurting. And in a way, I feel our country is divided. My friends, I also know that I'm preaching to the choir today. And I'm not here to lecture anyone but I decided I couldn't let the Sunday go by without addressing what's going on in our country. And I know I'm speaking to the body of Christ, to the body of believers. So my words today are not a lecture, but a reminder that inequality and racism and violence have no place in God's world. They have no place in the United Methodist Church. We must always work to call out and to work for call and justice and work for a better world. We all are created in God's image, and what we do to others, we also do to God. And as the body of Christ, we are called to share the good news while working for justice for all of God's people all of the time. And as I prepared, and as I prayed, and as I thought, and I said to myself, Ron, the people you're preaching to today, they didn't do this. And I'd say, yes, correct. We didn't do it, friends, but we're called to call it out. We're called to denounce it. We're called to work against it. It's not right any day. It's not right today. And it's not right as we go forward into the future. And so what can I offer today, friends? What words of wisdom might I offer? The first, as I tell you always, is to pray. Pray for peace. Pray for change. Pray for God to reveal in you the things that you can do where you were planted. To work for a just world. And to work for God's glory. The second thing I say is educate yourself. Friends, some of my greatest learning in seminaries come from sitting across a fellow student and colleague and listening to their struggles in life and learning about situations I have never encountered. And it's caused me to change. It's caused me to listen. So don't dismiss the things you're hearing because you may not have experienced them. Listen and take what you can and educate yourself, friends. And then the next thing is you got to take action. When people say things that aren't right, don't let it go by. When people say things that diminish the value of any of God's people, we can't be silent because rationalizing poor behavior of others is wrong. And I've always heard it said that to rationalize is to tell rational lies. And we just can't do that, friends. We have to call out bad behavior. And friends, I believe that the Word of God is the most powerful change vehicle known to humanity if we will just let it be, if we will live the things in the Bible without exception. The word of God, the gospel changes hearts, friends, and I believe in the power of the gospel to change hearts, and we are the ones called to spread the word of God, to change the world. And so today, friends, very simply, I'm obligated to say that the word of God has no place for inequality, for racism, or for violence, or anything that diminishes God's people, all of God's people. We all are created in God's image and we must do no harm. And we must do all the good that we can. That's the second general rule. And we, the third is we must stay in love with God. All of those things are the general rules of our church. So today as we pray for our prayer requests, let us also pray for peace. Let us pray, friends. God of love, who has made us all in your image, hear our prayers. Hear our prayers for courage to call out 
inequality and racism and violence. Hear our prayers for strength as we do all we can to live fully into doing no harm to ourselves or others. Lord, in your mercy, fill us with your spirit so that all we encounter will feel your love and acceptance through our actions and through us. Lord, in your mercy, bring healing to our nation and to our world. Lord, we lift up our praises for it's right to do so. We thank you for all the good you continue to do in our lives as you provide for us and as you bless us. But Lord, we also lift up our prayer requests, both spoken and unspoken. We lift up the request of your people. Lord, as we continue to battle the coronavirus, as we mourn the senseless tragedies and the violence throughout the world that have taken place, we lift all those concerns up to you as well. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here today and give us strength and endurance for this journey. Renew our hearts and fill us with your love and show us the way we should go as we live out your commandments. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we say the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, before I get to the scripture and the message for today, allow me once again to take just a few minutes uh, to let you know how you can continue to send in your tithes. There are several ways you can do so. The first is you can always mail a check to the church. We have posted the address uh, on the Facebook page where we post the sermon. You can also give digitally by clicking on the About Us page and clicking on the website link. There's a little icon that looks like the world. You can click right on there. You can set up your online giving one time. It's so easy to do so and it's very secure. You can also just simply text the word give. That's part of the online giving platform. You can text give to the number that's listed on the Facebook page as well. However you do so, friends, I just continue to thank you for your support of our church and our ministries. We have been very faithful with our tithing. I thank you and I know that God will bless you for it. Let us pray for the offering. Lord of wind and fire, of hope and mercy, we ask that you bless these gifts today. We praise you for them, and we ask that you cause them to be put to work for your kingdom and your glory. Lord, I ask that you bless the gifts, and I ask that you bless the givers. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Friends, our hymn for today will be on your screen here as Gene gets that ready. Uh, it is... Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me as the second part of that. Thank you, Gene.
This time I'd like to call my daughters Jean and Madison up. There's a script that was in Ministry Matters this week that goes along with the scripture. Uh, this also comes from uh, Ministry Matters and Nancy C. Townley. Come on up, girls. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. you ladies. I thought it might be good for some of y'all to see Maddie and Gina. Thank you uh, that our youth are part of the service. Friends, the scripture for today comes out of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us pray. 
Emblazon us with your spirit, O God. Give us hearts and lives ready to serve you in this world. Be with us today as we gather to hear your word for us. Lord, I pray that my words are your words and that your message be spoken to your people today. In your precious holy name, I pray. Amen. Friends, if we were flies on the wall that day when the disciples gathered, perhaps we would have heard things such as, we can't go on without Jesus. What are we supposed to do now? I'm afraid of the authorities that they want to kill us. And I guess we're just supposed to wait and see what happens. Friends, these thoughts and probably a host of other thoughts of fear and doubt were quite probable in that room that day. And after all, could we blame them? It was just a few weeks earlier when Jesus was crucified. Then they saw his resurrection. Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster that they were on? They had mourned his loss and then elated as Jesus returned. And then Jesus talked and ate with them, and it was as if things were back to normal. And then one day he called them together on a mountaintop. He told them he would be ascending to God, but that God would not leave them without some support and leadership. And that was the Holy Spirit, friends. And then he was gone. He ascended. And I imagine the excitement sustained them for a bit, but eventually that old anxiety returned. There they were, friends, huddled in fear when this is the scripture takes place. And so I ask you to think about what about us, friends? Sometimes are we fearful? And how many times have we been ready to throw in the towel? Especially in this season. As I said, this season for me has been one where I just haven't been myself all the time. I'm not one that's supposed to be in the same place all the time. But how many times, friends, have we cried out and that we need help and it's right to cry out for help? Have we cried out for direction, for help? And if we're honest with ourselves, just maybe quite a few of us have experienced these feelings. And it doesn't feel comforting, does it? Actually, it's quite terrifying. It can feel very lonely. And friends, it's often said that the job of a pastor is to have the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And as I think about fear and anxiety, and as I prepared once again, uh, this this week, is, as it always happens, the Holy Spirit revealed a message so timely for the times that we're living in today. Listen to these words by Nancy Townley. I've made a few slight changes, but mostly her words. This is what was in the preparation material. In today's world, we look at all the hatred, fear, and alienation, some of it imposed by racial and religious bias. Wars and threats of war seem to float around us, and we are frightened. And we rail at those who took oaths to protect us. We want them to keep their promises. And why is it that, friends? Why is it that way? Because we feel powerless sometimes to create change for ourselves and for our world. But then, as she says, we get a surprise. Somehow in the midst of our fear comes a realization that we possess the ability to create change for the better. We have that ability and we have that power, friends. Now, we may not be able to single-handedly stop wars but we can change the attitudes and actions that hurt and demean people. We can do these things right where we are planted, friends, and we are called to bloom where we are planted. But we can proclaim the good news of hope and a vision of peace for the future. And friends, this is not pie-in-the-sky stuff. This is the stuff of right now and of today. And how fitting is it for today? Friends, there are wars going on 
around us, and not all the adversaries can be seen like the virus that we're fighting. Some can be seen all too vividly as we see it played out on the news and on the internet, or in the hunger and the homelessness that still exist. Wars for equality and peace are still ongoing. And Nancy's timely words about controlling what we can control, it kind of reminds me of what my mom used to say when I'd ask her for the keys to the car and I was going to leave the house. And mom would always say to me, I'd, I'd take the keys from her and I'd give her a hug. And, I'd, and I'd, she'd say, be careful, son. And my reply was always, I'll be careful, mom. You don't have to worry about me. And she'd say, son, it's not you I'm worried about. It's all those other fools on the road. Now, those are her, her words, not mine, friends. But in a way, she was just telling me to be careful, to look out for things, and to control what I could, could control, and to not contribute to accidents and things. So those are some words from my mom. Control what you can control. And just know there are people out there that don't have good intentions. Friends, we can control our actions, and we can call out bad behavior when we encounter. In fact, we need to do that but we must bloom where we were planted. But friends, our roots are established firmly in good soil. Good soil that allows us to be fruitful. The soil that proclaims good news. The soil that has a vision of peace for the future. We must bloom, friends. And when we talk about change, I always say, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? And I just encourage you to think about that. If not, if not now, then when? Friends, it's been a while, so let me give you the mission statement of the United Methodist Church one more time. Our mission is to make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. Transformation, friends. I think we all agree this world needs transforming. And who is God relying on to do this work of transformation, friends? Just like in this scripture where we see Jesus transferring the Holy Spirit to the disciples. We are the ones called on. We are the ones God is calling on to do this work of transformation. We have been deployed, friends. And last week I said people don't want to hear a sermon. They want to see one. Let us be the illustration of the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed and deployed as God's people. And friends, I continue to ask the question, is our illustration worth viewing? Is our attitude worth catching? Are we a shining example of God's love set in motion? These are all questions we must continually ask as we strive to be the transformation in the world. Friends, the gospel changes lives. A relationship with Jesus changes lives. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Rob, what can I do? Friends, every week I say, tell someone about Jesus. See, I don't have to be fearful when I have to give a message like this because every week we talk about loving our neighbor and telling someone about Jesus. We always say, go in peace, but tell someone about Jesus because Jesus changes hearts, Jesus changes lives, and Jesus changes the world. Jesus unites. When the world divides, Jesus unites and heals. When we feel small and insignificant, we must remember we have the full power of God and the Holy Spirit, friends. And in some ways, you're correct if you say, well, I can't change anyone. No, but we serve a mighty God who can, and our job is to give them the message. God will change their hearts. And friends, when we ask this, once we ask the Spirit to come into our lives, we are not the same for many reasons. But one is we have been deployed. It is our mission. We've been deployed for peace, deployed to make disciples, deployed to love our neighbors, all of our neighbors, and all the time. 
deployed to action, not to excuses and rationalizations. The Spirit has given each and every one of us gifts, friends, and we are to use those for God's glory to spread the good news. And we must use them to do all the good we can to all of God's people. Remember, that's one of our rules, do all the good you can. Bloom where you're planted. And friends, our roots are deep, and those roots are full of God's love, and we will not be swayed because our roots are deep in, in God's love. And friends, we know in our lives a little action goes a long way. Action creates momentum, friends. And you don't have to look too far these days to see momentum created by action. And sometimes the worst of times brings out the best in people. This week I was reading my pastoral newsletter and I read about a young man that created an invention to help nurses keep masks, masks on their face. And with this 3D printer, he's printed, I don't know how many of these. Action of this young man has created change, has created momentum. And we see it right here in our churches. When we ask folks for donations, for yard sales, we there's not room to store them all. When we take action, momentum gets created, folks. And we see rallies that start with action. Matter of fact, I filled up truckloads of stuff and it just keeps coming. People keep calling. When we put out the word, action creates momentum. And friends, today I'm here to tell you we're embarking on a movement. Actually, we're not embarking. We are just putting more focus on the movement. We, the, the train has left the station, but we will continue to take more action. We are committing ourselves and our resources to serving God by helping others more fully. We're committed to being the church in action. We're not following a trend. We're going to lead with others who are taking also the lead. But we will lead. And this trend is peace and hope for all people. And we can do it. Well, no, friends, we must do it. It's not a we can, it's a we must. And if you'll forgive me for a sports reference, but i got to give you one. Our old bosses don't count, friends. It's a new season. It's a new game. And as of today, we are all undefeated. We have decided to fully follow Jesus and we're not turning back. And we have been forgiven of our past blunders. God has forgiven us, but more importantly, God has placed us on the path to service. And so friends, I ask, what will your commitment be today? Will you take one hour out of your busy week to help someone safely? Gotta get that disclaimer in, to safely help someone. Gotta take care of ourselves. Will you seek to support ministries that work for the good of all people, for peace and for reconciliation and to help hunger and homelessness? Will you feed the hungry? Will you clothe those who are in need? Will you visit the sick and, and in prison? Will you welcome the stranger? Friends, there were no barriers on Pentecost Sunday. Everyone was seen. Everyone was understood. They were all united in the Holy Spirit. And as the scripture said, all were spoken to and they could hear in their native language. Everyone received the Holy Spirit in a language they could understand. The Holy Spirit, friends, does not divide. It unites. And friends, Jesus may have physically left the disciples, but he left them the Holy Spirit. But we too have that Holy Spirit. Jesus has left the building. I would argue he's still waiting for us in our buildings. But the Holy Spirit has entered in the places that we gather and on these online platforms. The Holy Spirit is with us. It has entered. And friends, just think about the power of the Holy Spirit that led 12 disciples to find others who have taken the good news to almost every corner of the world. That's the power of momentum. That's the power of being deployed. The disciples were deployed and they went out with all the power of God. 
And just as they were empowered that day, and they received the Holy Spirit, so we too are empowered. And friends, more importantly, they took action with the full power of God. They went out into the world and they shared the good news, and their gifts were unleashed along with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so again, I said, what will we do? You might be sitting there saying, well, I can't do much. I can't get around like I used to. I understand. Friends, we can all help in some way. We can pray. We can encourage others in the ministries that they're going forth with, ministries of caring. Everyone who can hear this message is capable of joining in. We can all feel the power of the Holy Spirit that floods into our life when we are deployed. We can feel that joy. Friends, we must celebrate the freedom that we have to proclaim God's love for all of creation. We must be the church of Pentecost. We must be the sermon. Live the illustration. Live a sent people. And be creative, friends. Be safe and be creative as you work for change. As we allow God to change hearts, but we are the vehicle, friends. As my daughter Jean is fond of saying many times when we're out and about, and she'll say, the world needs more Jesus. And friends, we are the messengers. We are the ones that bring Jesus to the world. And I don't think any of us can dispute that the world, in fact, needs more Jesus. And they hear that through us as deployed and sent people, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So friends, let us deliver the good news to a world that so desperately needs it. Let us rely on the full power of God as we strive to do no harm and to do all the good we can for God's people and as we stay in love with God throughout the journey. It is God that empowers us. It's God that blesses us. It's God that brings every good thing. Let us keep our focus on God in this season and every season. And when we have the full power of God, when we are acting to live out those commandments the best we can, folks can't help but see the light that shines through us. Be the message, friends. Be the message and live it. God bless you all. I miss you all so much. God bless you until we come together safely again. Let us pray. Lord of love and mercy, I thank you for this opportunity to gather once again with your people. Lord, I pray again for understanding and for peace. I pray that you would speak to us, Lord, and let us know the things that we can do to bring about change in this world, the things we can do to bring your message, which is the most important message ever spoken. That message is of love. God, we know your word changes hearts. We're so thankful that you live in us, Lord. Help us to make disciples for the transformation of the world, Lord. Be with us in a very real way. Lord, I ask that you be with us and keep us safe until we come together again. In your most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you, friends.